This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Someone's still gonna win, and it might be big. If 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 just you know, just what half the field is playing badly, you know, with golf, you can easily say, "Oh, the course must be hard." They're all playing bad. You know what I mean? It all kind of comes back to earth a little bit. Sergio has been like, "Ah, I can't wait to leave this place." And welcome in everybody Tuesday night here, divots and pivots, as Bud is joining in with us here in just a second. Uh, but welcome in as always. This is uh, episode, I believe it's 44. I don't know, but Bud, you, you correct me. Is this episode 44? <laughs> I forget, I've lost count. <laughs> I think it's 44. <laughs> I want to talk about poop for a second. <laughs> what a way to jump into the show. <laughs> So you might hear some some stuff going on in the background. Uh, my, the roommate's upstairs dealing with uh, tubby time. No. And, um, we we actually we recently inherited a, th- a third roommate in the house. Uh, this roommate's two and a half years old, and we're in the midst of potty training. Which 
Future I like parents. Said, I like how you said inherited. <laughs> well, I don't know if we need to have that particular conversation on this show, but we're at the age where potty training is coming into play. So yes. we just purchased one of those, one of those, like it sits on top of the toilet seat because yep. we, we have successfully connected the idea of potty with things that happen, you know, that come out of our, our bums yes. and other, and other things. That's a key step um, in the situation. Yeah. Right. Like just connecting the two. I mean, there's some grownups who still have a hard time connecting those two feelings. Right. <laughs> Like we all know how we, much we, I drank. Thank you. I, I, for, you know, like there's always, there's always a guy or, or girl I've heard, you know, like I'm not trying to be sexist here in your circle of friends. who's like, come on, who doesn't shit their pants as an adult and yeah. everybody, and everybody just is like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And you look around going, is this for real? I, I don't um, for myself. <laughs> no. And that's my point. Like not saying who hasn't had an accident. But the affirmative, like, oh, come on, who doesn't shit their pants? It's like, I, I don't. That's, that is so, way too confident. <laughs> Rose still does, but she's identified, like, you know, I say this when I feel that, and sometimes we make the mark, and sometimes we get the order mixed up. Yeah. But anyway, we're close enough that we bought the, the proper equipment so that she can start using you know, the, the, the big girl potty. She, start, she finally was like, why am I sitting in the middle of the living room while y'all are looking at me? Like, you get to go in the, bed, the bathroom. Yeah. She's, she's, a smart, she's a smart one. And so upstairs at tubby time, um, she just all of a sudden stands up and goes, potty. And it was right around that kind of quarter till mark where I was like, all right, you know, Rumi, you got this one. I'm going downstairs and, and, you know, we're going to do our thing and entertain dozens and dozens of people on the interwebs. And that came out and I looked at my, I looked at my wife, shocker. And I was like, got it. So I pick her up out of the, t- out of the tub, sit her on there. And she goes, all done. We kind of looked at each other like, Oh God, she's into flushing, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah, want to flush. Now, now it's exciting. Of course. So no, honey, you have to make a deposit in the bank if you want to see the water go away. So dump her back in the tub. All right, I'm heading out and I see you now. No, I got a potty. And then we see her squatting in the tub. And that's when like sheer, I can deal with. Worst nightmare as a parent. I'm sorry. Right? You can can deal with poopy diapers. You can deal with pissy sheets. A soggy poop is not the way you want to go. (laughs) Laying logs in the lake is no bueno at oh, all it's brutal because, you have to like shock the thing and bleach yeah, everything and everything and and even then the next the next morning you're in the shower and you know you've bleached it you know you were in there seven eight hours before scrubbing it <laughs> and you still kind of look down and you can almost see it still yeah, sitting there yeah, it's it's a different animal I it was you. a it was a false alarm but it was there was a lot of back and forth hence the uh the tardy arrival did i miss anything no you came in about Three seconds into my intro, so, so is, you're did, good. We, did we figure this out? Is this episode is it episode forty four? I think I think you know what I think it's I think it's forty four. Um, I'd, I'd have to look back at the YouTube channel to the. Uh, well, well, oh no, well, this is episode forty five. I'm sorry, this is forty five. I apologize, everyone who's keeping score at home. Forty five. If you had forty five on your bingo cards, then <laughs> yeah. and if you winner. had. Andrew not being able to count. You are a winner. Well, we all knew that when we saw your fantasy performance that last uh, season in golf, but we're going to let that simmer for another day. Uh, yes. I just want to set the tone this, this, this evening. There's going to be a lot of conversation around uh, kind of chirping and story time. There's, 
ironically enough, just when you want to hang up whatever, hang hang your saddle up on the golf season. Yeah. Sure, on the on on course doesn't matter, but the off course is starting to get a little more fun. I think there's a, there's a couple steps in the evolution, and there's some kind of, yeah. I say symbolic. I don't think there's anything more to read into it other than symbology or symbolism. It's not symbology, Robert Langdon. But uh, we are going to get into some lift stuff, some 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 of tigers, some rolling the sharks. How can we not? But I, I had mean, the, to make the match sure is that, coming up too. Don't forget about the match. They revealed the golf carts today. Did you see that? The no, custom golf do, carts. Freaking love. <laughs> and most of the time, and they're probably doing it this year, but the, a lot a lot of times they auction those things off for charity yeah. too, after the fact. Because then you see somebody on Twitter, you know, some some billionaire driving billionaire. around in the in the villages in Florida. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, listen, if you got the money to be buying you're not that, in the villages. You, yeah, yeah, you're pulling you're pulling up to you're pulling up to your spot in Jupiter somewhere. Yeah, and saying, yeah. like, hey, check it out. <laughs> Uh, no, but I'm looking forward to that just because I think it'll be entertaining. The real quick, Victor Hovland, yeah, back, uh, the, to back. The, back to back in the Bahamas. Uh, something about island life, you know, gets him. Now he's gonna get he's gonna get world golf ranking points for this event. It's not mm-hmm. an official FedEx Cup point. It's not an official money event, yeah. uh, meaning it doesn't count towards any kind of season standings. Uh, but the PGA Tour does recognize it. There's, there's a handful of events throughout the years that, that carry this kind of status. It's like special uh, tip of the cap to it. One of them is coming up this week, which is the QBE shootout. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, what is the QBE shootout, bud? Tell us, and bud. For the last 32 years, it was also known as the shark shootout. Sure, corporate sponsorship took it over, but 33 years ago, Greg Norman started this thing, and it's a team event. Um, pretty fun format too. It's it's two two players, 54 holes. Um, hence, I think, hence the title of this episode, by the way, which was just Greg Norman pity question mark. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Continue. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, it's, it's fine. Also, I think it's like alternate shot in the first round. Yeah. Uh, or no, I think they play like a straight up scramble in the first round, and then is second round. Yeah, then second round is what's called like a Dutch scramble, or mm-hmm. there's some sort of specialized alternate shot where, um, you know, they take they they pick a drive and then they go alternate shot from there in, and then the third day is just straight up best ball. I could be wrong on day one. I think it is a scramble, um, or or it might just be the straight up alternate shot, like a like kind of well, a lot of team play, but. Who gives a shit? I don't even care who wins. <laughs> the guy who's not going to be there is Greg Norman, the guy who started the whole thing. I mean, yep. we've gotten to this point where, yeah, reality, right? Like, you know, the, when oh, the dude. tournament director's like, dude, sorry, can you not come? It's time to pay up on all the checks that you mouth cashed. It's so, time to pay up. And this is the funny thing where um, I went down a rabbit hole over the summer where I was just gobbling up audiobooks on Audible. And one of them was Jocko Wilnick's thing, Extreme Ownership. And uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be on high. It's much more of Monday morning quarterbacking or just armchair psychology where it almost seems like if Greg's heart – the dilemma with Greg is ego. Shocker! Uh, that's just said. <laughs> but all of his – all like you just said – everything all of those little steps along the way are finally coming to a head and yep. rory is finally coming out and saying like you know what forget it 
He was an ass to me after we had this nice little back <laughs> and forth. It was so done. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, check, if you haven't seen it, check out. Uh, Rory did an interview recently, and he kind of he showed text messages and everything, saying like, "Listen, man, I kind of wrote him off a while back. He was kind of weird, and then the documentary came out about his collapse at the Masters, and it really struck home because Rory did what he did in 2010, Tell 11, you, we, all, we all watched that, right? And so, <laughs> and apparently they apparently he goes. He, we had a nice back and forth. He said, thank you so much, you know, get, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I thought it was done. And then I see him on TV saying what he's saying. I'm like, the fuck is that all about? <laughs> because that's, and then apparently there was, they approached each other. He, yeah. you know, they had a conversation about Liv. And I, this is the part where I identified so much with, I identified, uh, I connected with, <laughs> I identified with Rory in the moment. No, I connected with his position um, when he kind of stated, he didn't appreciate just kind of how Norman was saying, oh, you'll understand someday, little boy. You don't know. When when you when you resort to that kind of you're just flat out ignorant, not here's yeah. why this is good or here what we could be doing. And what's what's great is he comes full circle to say, ironically enough, this product hey, is under different leadership. This probably could be causing more problems for the PGA Tour. But because Greg won't get out of his own way, we have we have a leg to stand on here. And I can see why Rory says, F you, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to, what, what I'm getting at is what did you expect, Greg Norman? Yeah. You're, you're creating, and even this QBE shootout, go ahead, please get in there because I got to pull I was, was going to say, this is, but this is the question that we keep asking about Greg Norman. What does you, ex- like, he seems to be so out of touch with the reality with everything that he says that, that well, that everything he says is going to have zero consequences. And that's the thing, like, you, there's one thing to believe in a, a product that you are financially backing to try to hype it up and try to build it up. I get that there's ways to do that. But to be, to do it so arrogantly, and like we've said, to keep expecting the golf world to respect it on the same level of the PGA Tour immediately, it's just naive. And what, what is, he's lost. He's just lost. And this is this so this is the the part of his kind of I don't know announcement or whatever he, the hell he put out on social media statement concerning the matter. Sadly, after 33 consecutive years of playing in and hosting every shootout tournament, this year I have been asked not to attend. Okay, really, honestly, if I'm his PR person, which I don't think he has one, I think he's almost no. like a Donald Trump in that matter, where he he runs his own shop upstairs. <laughs> I think it's which, very clear he runs his own shop up if he right. has a PR person. Right. Um, and, and I think those guys play the odd, the, like the odds on that where they're like, sure, I, I kick myself in my mouth, but I'm also accountable to nobody. So, you know, it's kind of like Jerry Jones yeah. um, over in Detroit or Detroit, Dallas, sorry, Detroit. So he goes there and really he can end it with this year. I've been asked not to attend. I wish all the best to the volunteers. I appreciate the, the hard work they provide in helping the sponsors deliver a wonderful product to the community and blah, 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 blah. See you next time. Exit stage left. Yeah. This motherfucker goes on to go, why, might one ask? No. Nobody asked. Everybody knows exactly why. And it's not what he said. Perhaps it is because I am helping to give golf a new heartbeat, creating new value and delivering a new product that is loved by players, fans, and broadcasters alike. And in doing so, finally giving players their rights as independent contractors to benefit from their performance and brand in some people's mind, this is too disruptive and evolution is perceived as a bad thing. 
I disagree. Competition <laughs> breeds X. What in the heavenly hell? Who I know, right? If, honestly, God, to be one to be as successful as a businessman as he is, he has watched way too much cable news to see that he's politicking right now. Because on a business side of thing, you you walked over here and just flat out created a comp- like competition where nobody was asking for it. Nobody was clamoring for it. And by the way, the following you have is for the money. And I'm not, I'm not faulting them for it. As a matter of fact, I honestly want to call a truce on any and all live players except for Patrick Reed. And I think that's just a golf thing. I'm sorry. That has, that's going to follow him, whatever yeah. tour he's on. No, but in, in, in seriousness, looking at it from, from their perspective of, all right, I'm going to go get more money over here. I'm not asking anybody to make moral judgments on my behalf or what I think. And I'm not even saying Greg's doing any. This has nothing to do with of ethics or moral. This is kind of like just common sense. What the hell did you expect? I mean, it, of course it was going to be tough. You're, and it's not because we're jealous. Nobody's jealous of you, dude. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you got some pretty nice venues coming up. Valderrama is going to be nice in Spain to see that. Obviously, we love Mayacoba or the El, Camar- El Capitan, El Cameroon, El Cameroon down in Mexico. Because Mayakoba's been there. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. But nobody feels bad for you. And, and I hate to say it, the only person I'm not calling a truce on is Greg Norman. I agree with Rory and Tiger. I think they see this because also I think a guy like Tiger, I don't think he'll ever go. He is loyal and Rory is loyal. Yes. But I think they are thinking of their their brethren, their peers. And they're going, you know what? Patty P's got a point. Maybe he's being a dick about it, but Pat Perez has got a point. Maybe the PGA Tour champions is a nice landing spot, but maybe they do see it as like, why don't we just kind of figure out this bridge? Let's protect what we need to protect and just let bygones be bygones. But Greg Norman sowed these seeds years ago, the first time around. Of course. So So here's the thing about Greg. uh, So I was, as you were talking, I was just doing some quick research because I wanted to make sure my point actually had a a base. Um, But but, because there's a question that I immediately thought of when you said Greg Norman basically calling Rory, you know, you'll see someday, little boy. Yeah. Like that, like that. Better career by the age of 35. Rory has 35 career professional wins. Uh, I'm sorry. That's his age. I just messed that up. I, I, <laughs> no, I, although although I, think right, it's, I think it's 35 career wins. Though. Yeah, I think that just sounds right. Yeah, he's well, even he, worldwide. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. He's 33. I'm sorry. He's 33. That's why. He's 33. He has 35 career wins. But um, he did get that 21st PGA Tour win that surpassed Norman's 20, and that's what chirped him earlier this year. Exactly, which, yeah. So, who, which, so, so who's had a better – I don't want – it feels too vague to say who's had a better career because obviously Greg Norman <laughs> had his place <laughs> – you were not on mute, by the way, even though I saw you try to put yourself on mute. Um. <laughs> Damn, I thought I was. I thought I, I thought I muted my microphone in time. No, no. Well, but, so obviously, Greg that. Norman has his place in PGA history for I think it's like ninety-one career professional wins, something like that. All the like, I'm not trying to belittle Greg Norman's career here, but for him to look at Rory and basically insinuate like you're a, a peon to me right now. You know, Rory's tracking higher than Greg Norman was in his time. Like it's it's kind of it's it's one of those. I know it's different times. I know it's a different age. Whatever. But Greg Norman really needs to start grasping reality before he speaks. By the way, preaching to the choir. I mean, I'm 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 over here chirping the same thing. And um, yeah, apologies to anybody who heard me just hawk that up. Uh, There's it was a valiant effort. I saw you reach over, click, and nothing happened. (laughs) 
the funk going around North Shore. But uh, to, to the Greg Norman thing, and I'm just I'm qualifying this with I'm not deluded to the fact that of course they've got big egos. He's never going to back down because yeah. to what you to what you were just saying, they. I, I do see that Greg Norman pats him on the head and says, oh, little boy, you'll understand one day. And Rory to get up on his haunches. But all of them, I mean, and they all they all are elite. They're elite golfers, every single one of them. Even like, you know, and talk about the Joe shit journeyman who gets 25 years of his card. And I'm not talking about even like a Pat Perez who got a couple wins. I'm talking about literally just some guy who grinds 25, let's, 30, 30 let's weeks be real. a year. Ego and professional golfer they do tend to go hand in hand. I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's more no, so it's making- more so that you kind of have to have that attitude to where you you overly believe in yourself because it, you are you're working for yourself. You're carrying yourself like everything you do out there is on you. Like you have to have that confidence in yourself. So ego and professional golfer they do just go hand in hand. Yes, and and actually, ego and I think excellence in any sport uh, go hand in hand, almost to a delusional point. Because you look at the stress now that we understand what what these sports kind of go through, or these these uh, sports, what these um, athletes go through and their bodies go through, and now we know what their brains go through. But even like to 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 understand the pressure and the amount of money, and not even just money, people. You know, they are independent contractors, but they don't, they're not joking when they say they have teams. They, yeah. they, they literally, my, my wife is texting me and I forgot that it's connected to my computer. <laughs> so it's distracting the hell out of me. Something about the, bu- the, just, bub- the bubble bath. I heard it. Going good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Hey, it happens. It's all good. By the way, is my audio sound better there? Yeah, you actually sound a lot better. Okay, I, um, I I could hear I I could hear it in my in my headphones. I was I feel like I was sounding echoey. So wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful show decorum we're showing here. I know. Sorry. Look, this you is know. what happens. Look, as you can tell, there's a different background here. I've moved into a new apartment, so I've had to completely reset up my setup. Um, and apparently, when I did that, it reset my settings. So didn't find that out until I heard it in my ears. Oh, that was actually something similar. I couldn't get in as well because I couldn't get to the Twitter sphere to get my, my links and everything. But these <laughs> golfers, and the reason Greg says, you'll learn, little boy, and worry gets up is because they all believe they're the best that ever was. They all believe that they were only one or two breaks away. Or, um, you know, I do think of a guy like Greg, we were, this started with who had the better career right now or who's training and tracking. Uh, I mean, there, there, there's obviously – I mean – it's Rory just because I think I think you know like he's a little younger and doing it a little faster and a little more freakish I think uh, than Greg well, Norman. Was, I think the modern I golfer. Seen. I think the modern golfer is more freakish than Greg Norman's day of golfing. I think that's but, just the change Greg, in the Greg sport. Was it, but Greg was actually one of those kind of athlete golfers. Him, Greg, him, Nick Faldo, and a handful of others were were those athletic golfers before Tiger mm-hmm. came in. Sure. And just just changed everything with his workouts and in kind of connection to the fitness fitness game, but it does matter. You know, this is kind of like that Hall of Fame conversation of why certain guys are not in the NFL Hall of Fame, and it's just because of personality. And it's like, well, I mean, if yeah. it's only about <laughs> results, then certain people in history would be viewed a lot differently, wouldn't they? So, to 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 who is a who who's who's got the better career? I think I would take Greg Norman right now. Be because a, a you already know what you're getting and it's pretty damn good. Although to that, sure. I just I just I just absolutely 
I just absolutely made the argument against it, which is then if Rory's already there and he's still got some left in the tank, why would you hop on that train? But I get your argument because honestly, I don't think Rory is. I don't think Rory will hit that like ninety-one win professional win mark that Norman has. I I don't think, and not because he's not talented enough. It's because I don't think Rory's going to have to play as long as Norman played to get there. And I and I think that's I think Rory is di- you know diversified himself enough to where he's not going to need to keep playing golf. He's going to possibly at this with the way he's tracking now more so move into some sort of leadership role in the golf world um, when he decides to stop playing. Like I just don't think he's going to have to grind as long as Greg Norman had to grind, and that that's not against Rory's talent level or um, ability to hit ninety one wins. I I just don't think. In the end, we're going to be talking about Rory McIlroy with 91 wins. No, we're not. But he also uh, still has a shot to do a career Grand Slam, and he's one sure. leg up on him there. So depends on how it depends on you know what yeah, it's, it's all about the lies. Yeah, where you're drawing your lines. <laughs> it's a fun conversation though because it's not a bad analogy. Uh, the, the difference being Norman really did have a run at number one yeah. that was surpassed only by T. Gray. Uh, it won't be touched again. Um, by the way, do you see? Speaking of number one, no longer number one, Scotty Scheffler, and he he kind of had this David Duvall touch with number one. I'm not saying he's trending out of the game or we're going to lose him anytime soon, but um, fun but fact, he was he was seen it before. To, it's possible. He was up to Victor Hovland uh, again this year. So, yep. This week coming up, QBE shootout. Could not care less who wins. Um, I I think it's much it's much more interesting to see that you know even these tournament directors and everybody. And for Norman to be so aloof and play this kind of woe is me card is weak sauce. Dude, yeah. you're put you're putting out a direct comp you're you're putting out direct competition and then bitching that your competitors don't want to play nice. It is, it is it is business at the end of the day. I mean, Coke and Pepsi aren't coming after every little micro brew that has a cola coming out and being like, Hey, you guys no. wanna you guys wanna really know, raise the market up together? No. Because you know what these guys. other things do? You know what naturally raises the market? You you meet the competition and you you don't you don't ask for the competition to meet you you just keep fucking grinding and going and you you better yourself and then it's gonna end up being a natural back and forth but yeah the more bitching and whining that happens from the left side the less people are gonna want to buy into it i did see that boston's back on the rotation i know when they initially teased 23 they are yeah and it was um Goodness gracious, I can't even think Think right now. It, yeah, it was the same article that I was reading about uh, his, his comments, and, and I think I actually saved it. But Boston's back on. They don't have a location yet, but that's where they said, I, I think I saw four international and like 10 domestic. So, okay. I mean, it's not exactly like they're going hands off. So uh, do you think they go back to the international? you think they go, no. uh, they find somewhere else? I think they, they're probably going to have to find somewhere else if they, if they if they actually grow with their projections. I mean, I don't. I mean, there's been plenty of majors. First of all, they're not going to get like the country clubs not going to jump into bed with Liv. No, 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 no. Um, and obviously, TPC is owned by the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it did. There are a lot of magnificently beautiful golf courses in New England, and specifically around the, the Boston area and North Shore. I mean, Salem Country Club's another one that it's just a little too undersized, and they've yeah. got a great relationship with the USGA. Uh, but here's the thing, though. The thing, though. 
Uh, the thing, though, is the USGA, I keep going back to the USGA and the RNA with this live thing, and they can keep their hands clean. They can just flat out say, listen, not my pig, not my farm. We're an, we are an amateur, volunteer-driven membership association that puts on blah, 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 blah. We're not going to change anything. You guys go play and fight amongst yourself. Yeah. Live, go deal with the official world. Go, go get your – like it's not our job to change the regulations because you snag. Because here's the thing, long game. Okay, those guys are falling out of the uh, out of the world golf rankings, and I'm not gonna. I mean, sorry, I sound crude, but you did it to yourself. You picked your road. You you made a bet on yourself that this product's gonna be strong enough. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll come around. Um, but it, it, it's just I don't I don't feel bad for Greg Norman for getting kicked out of his own tournament, dude. You created no. your own tournaments competitor and. That's just kind of how it goes. Well, let's be clear. I haven't felt bad for Greg Norman at all in any of this. Like, there's, it's, well, no, it's and I think, that's, I think that's the wrong. That's the wrong word. The bigger, the bigger thing is. But I, I know just, what you meant. <laughs> I he keeps doubling down and doubling down and doubling down, and it, you know, this got kicked off by me saying, if he really wanted to, if this whole thing really was like about providing, you know, new opportunity and growing the game, you have you have the people at the other side of the table signaling loud and clear. Okay, you know, for the good of the product, you step away and due respect, Mr. Norman. They got the leverage, yeah. so you might not like it, but they're in a better position right now. I just don't, you know, and, and still without a TV contract in hand, with people still kind of fumbling around for what this is, um, you know, the, you're separating yourself from the stigma that in today's day and age, there's nothing, nothing harder when we all have the attention of a goldfish. Or not the attention, whatever. Remember, you know, we move on. We move on right away. Yes, we do. Once you're tainted, you're, it's sad, but it's going to take a lot to to wash that clean. And I think it has to take something like a, a new leader with a clean slate, somebody who can bring their own gravitas in that washes clean any kind of oil slick left behind by Greg Norman when he's dragging his bags of money out, you know, out the back door. Yeah, this is. Well, I think it's safe to say this is something that the golf world has never seen, and I, I hope we never have to see again. It's great as far as content goes in the here and now, and it's interesting and the politics behind it. But I can't tell you that I'd want to see the golf world have to go through this again. Like that, that it's just kind of it's one of those where I think it in the end the golf world is going to grow here, but it's one of those one offs where. If stuff like if drama like this kept happening in the golf world, like, you know, every couple of years, then this this is something that would, in the end, be bad for golf. They need to figure this shit out, and they need to move on with this year. And that and that's and that's what I have to say about. You, you <laughs> sound like my brother-in-law at Christmas a few years back at the family table. God damn it! Everybody get their house in order before they start bitching about everybody else. <laughs> it's fair enough, though. I mean, it's. Whatever. So yeah. So um. So yeah, we have the, the shootout. The the match is I believe the match is on twelfth. That 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 should be interesting. Um. But that's like golf world right now. Like that's one, one last. What, what else you got? One last thing. Um. Oh, did you see Tiger telling Charlie, "Don't copy my swing, copy yes, Rory's." I actually did see that, and which, and you know, when you hear Tiger's explanation, it makes perfect sense. Bad because he, he so Tiger basically flat out admits that his swing is not what it used to be, and it's nowhere near the prime of his swing. But it's in, and I'm obviously 
you know, summing up his words there, but um, he, he basically said that Rory's swing is like an art form of consistency. And that's what he, that's what Charlie should be going for. And that Tiger. Have you seen not... some of the side by sides? Well, and that's the thing. I have seen the side by sides and Charlie's oh. swing is almost identical to Rory's at this point. Uh, so he's obviously taking his father's advice. I mean, I, there was the other one that he said about getting inside Charlie's head. And it, it was the Earl Woods effect, man. Like, you know, shaking the keys, coughing, just flat out talking, clapping, whatever. Yeah. And like not giving a sh- like being so arrogantly unaware of any kind of form of etiquette. And it's like, cause if I can't get in there, then nobody can. And it's like, damn, to see him flex that hard on the rest of the world is, ugh. So did you, did you see the, the note in the bunker that Charlie left for Justin Thomas? No. Oh, so he left it, and I forget exactly what the note said. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to remember, so I'm not going to try. But basically, Charlie wrote some sort of like trash talk note to Justin Thomas and left it in the fairway bunker, knowing that Justin Thomas was going to hit it there, and he fucking did. <laughs> oh, I, I have heard this story. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's an old story or what, but like I saw it for the first time this week, and I fucking loved it. Like, because oh, just, just like he's he's just he's he's budding right up to all these guys. So good for Charlie. Okay, yeah, good on you, dude. Uh, the by the way, if you if you don't follow the Charlie Woods parody account, you have to. It's oh, uh, you said this before, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's 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 good, and it's also great whenever somebody gets sucked in and doesn't understand it's a parody account and thinks it's actually him, and they start like trying to lecture. See, this is what happens when we've, celebrity. We've all been, inv- we've all been there. <laughs> Remember the time I thought Anthony Kim, the old Anthony Kim, was coming back to live. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to say that. Was that the Babylon B who put that, that out there? That no, was that was that was when uh, I didn't notice that they had spelled Tour T U O R for PGA Tour. All right. I, uh, and, and to be I, fair, I started following that account because this, their posts were just hilarious. Once I knew I it was a parody, it was just hilarious. It pretty much is the Babylon B, except for golf. Yeah. Uh, no, and I think the only other thing was, yeah, I just pulled up the Live Golf's 23, whatchamacallit. What were we talking about? The schedule. Oh, I'm sorry. I just oh, yeah, yeah. Ear. I just screamed everybody's ears. Yeah, because I, I am very nine, so. I tried June 9th through up. 11th, we're in Bo- they're in Boston. They don't say where yet. They only have a handful of venues, including, I think, Trump Doral's back on there. Yeah, Greenbrier is offering up one of their courses, which Ooh, is intriguing because really? the Greenbrier is another. I'm not going to say loyalist. They're not really long... loyal. They, they lost the John Deere, didn't they? It was the, the John Deere was at the Greenbrier for a long time, wasn't it? it is now I don't think it is anymore. No, it's not. But now they they host like the the the, the it's called like the Veterans Classic at the Greenbrier. Or something. Yeah, but but they they kind of went down a tier in tournament is what I'm trying to get at yeah. as far as what the PGA yeah, was did. giving them. No, it's the you know it's a site that's you know riding two horses with one ass. But I guess if you got multiple courses, that it's multiple asses. So What's that's going to be fun to watch. I'm trying to remember they got the the old time professional that always hung out at the Greenbrier. Um, no, I'm not going to. It's move on because I'm going to move on because I'm not going to remember his name, but I've heard the stories of this, this big name, uh, this big name professional from back in the day who was still hanging out at the Greenbrier and reading like within the last 10 years, he'd be betting people, getting drunk and betting every hole with, with random people on the course. Um, And basically just, he'd be there every day, just making his money that way. Like that was his retirement plan. 
Who? It's about Sam, Sam Snead. Uh, that might be it, actually. Yeah, yeah. It might be Sam Snead. I mean, the assistant golf pro at the Greenbrier. Okay, so that that is that is Sam Snead then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just, he he like bets people on the he. Oh, I don't know if he still does, but like so when I went to college in West Virginia, um, that was the story coming out of Greenbrier that Sam Snead was hanging out there just betting people. You know, basically anybody who walked on the course, he would and they didn't know who he was. They would he would just bet them. <laughs> He'd just take their money. Well, yeah, pre-social media and interwebs, it was pretty easy to get away and hide your uh, exactly h- hide your identity. You know, even if you're tied for first on the all-time PGA <laughs> Tour win list, uh, but it's just good fun. <laughs> just... Uh, speaking of good fun, the Georgia Bulldogs back in the college football yeah. playoff. Bigger and number news. one. And number Man, one. Shit, we knew they were going to be number one. Yeah, I know. Bigger <laughs> news, Stetson Bennett, the mailman, gets an invitation and is a finalist for the Heisman. And I know you're not big into college football, but this is – it's it's kind of out there because you just don't see it anymore. You get the flashy no. five-star recruit, whoever's – like the Caleb Williams, who's the 6'3 stud out at USC, who is a freak and might be the most talented player. But this is almost – I mean, first of all, it's just a nomination. There's no way in hell he actually wins, but it's a nomination to kind of the last two years, right? Like you might not be the best player in college football, but you're, you've won 23 of your last 24 games and a national title. So that's pretty tough to do at this level. Um, I just think it's a pretty cool story. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. That, and I'm going to order a, a USPS Postal Service workers hat in honor of him. His nickname's the Mailman because when he was a recruit, he would go to these quarterback camps. Apparently, he would wear a a mailman a mail carrier's hat uh, to try to di- differentiate himself and kind of stand out because he thought it was quirky. And he caught the nickname the Mailman. So okay. look for that coming soon. Now I am curious because I, I found this interesting. So obviously both. And this was a conversation that came up between me and my uncle. And now, as I've stated before, I'm no college football expert, uh, no. but but I found this kind of concept interesting. And in talk, talking with my uncle, he's a big Michigan fan. Um, obviously, USC and TCU both lost, allowing Ohio State to move into yeah. the top four, into the playoff. Uh, but the conversation we had about this specifically was that. Ohio State got back into the top four, even though they did not make their conference championship. And the fact that everyone was always going to go back to strength of schedule. Now, as an avid college football fan, especially a Georgia Bulldogs SEC fan, and a history with Michigan, obviously you're used to the college football big house kind of big big names. In in strength of when talking about strength of schedule, do you not give that extra game that the the teams who have played in the uh, the conference championship doesn't shouldn't that count towards your quote unquote strength of schedule? They, they had to play an extra game. Ohio's they played one more game than Ohio State. Sure, Ohio State plays in a tougher division, um, but they weren't good enough to get out of their own division within their conference. Do, do do you think that the strength of schedule is overplayed and used as a way to favor bigger money schools getting bigger airtime? Is no. kind of the way it feels. I felt like the fact that both TCU and USC lost was just the perfect excuse for the committee to move Ohio State in. All right, so there's there's a lot of things that are at play there, though. I don't think it's just the just the strength of schedule. Much more than strength of schedule, I think what you're what we're getting at is the strength of conference or sure. the or the relative. I would even say. Um, 
pedigree of your conference. It is without a doubt, no brainer. If you win the SEC, you're going to get in. I mean, you know, even at even at like 10 and 2, LSU, had they beaten Georgia, they had there's an outside shot they might have jumped up, you know, into that fourth spot themselves with all these losses. I mean, just, a win over Georgia is pretty would would have been pretty big and then, for and, sure. And that would that would have been a win over Georgia, over Alabama, um, over not Tennessee, but so they would have some, some of these strong quality wins. So yes, when it comes down to USC, is kind of who you're alluding to. They go out of the Pac-12, they lose their title game, and now all of a sudden, you know, TCU loses, but they get to hold on and they don't even move, and a team that didn't even play kind of hops over. So they it almost appears like they get punished for having to play in that conference championship game, right? And that's kind of the point I was trying to get at, is that is it doesn't make sense or, you know, or or was this yes, just getting yes a bigger in the program into the, into the limelight? Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, look, we all know how the college, it is, uh, NCAA works, so I guess that's a silly question. But. Listen, if, 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 by the way, if Tennessee or Alabama would have had one loss, TCU probably would have gotten canned. They would have easily, easily, easily found a Fair way enough. to look themselves in the mirror and say, uh, Alabama, T- Tennessee, these are, I mean, way bigger reaches and name recognition than TCU. So this really is kind of a nod to the fact that TCU lost that game at the very, in double overtime on like a yeah. one inch max dug in, you know, down at the, it, it, I mean, it was, it was that freaking close. Um, and see USC just basically got got walked by a team that had beaten them earlier in the year, which was like you yeah. know kind of that double whammy of you know TCU had beaten Kansas State previous in the season, so they were they were matched up. So it's that's easy to rationalize that. So how do you take Ohio State? That's when the eye test comes in, and they do start crunching some numbers, and they do lean on strength of schedule and some of the other factors. But the biggest thing and the biggest signal to all this that it was going to be a problem was when they said it was only going to be four teams, but we got five power five conferences. It was always going to be super subjective. Now they've gone to 12 teams, which in 24 is the first playoff with 12 teams. Now it's kind of a thing of beauty. You're going to have the five, the power five conference champions get in What those power five conferences look like who knows with all the movement around, but the power five, power five champs get in. Um, I think, I think then like the, 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 the top ranked, conference champion from the group of five which is kind of like yes. that second tier of fbs that top person is going to get in person and then after that they're going to have six spots that's just going to go to the top six ranked schools after conference champions and that is in the, the this is the thing that we've been clamoring for forever and because of backroom politics and the bowl season the bowl system and everything it really was the rose bowl who was the last to cave uh holding yeah. holding holding their own I wouldn't be shocked if some messages got sent out to them quietly where it's like, if you really make us drag our feet, you just might not be part of the next rotation. Maybe because maybe the Rose Bowl is not like, we don't need you. Obviously, these these, these like Pac-10 and the Big Big Ten are not going to be like, no, 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 guys need to have our tradition. They, You know how much money yeah. is being made right now? So the in two years, I think it really is going to be a good model. Twelve teams. Uh, you know, first round bye for those top four. And then after that, you know, you, that's enough where it's not going to stretch the season out until forever. Because yeah. um, I think we've had this conversation before. One of the big arguments yeah. that we used to make is, oh, that's a lot of games for – there are 100 and whatever, I think 120 Division One football teams in the FBS. To ask – and not even ask. They'll volunteer. They'll do it. A dozen of them to play up to three games, considering what would be at the end of that stretch. 
Yeah. yeah no, say yes. That honestly never crossed my mind as far as it being too many games. Because so I'm right there and that the the prize is worth it. Like and that never crossed my mind at school. Like, but I don't want to play those extra two games. I just want to play our bowl, our silly, you know, Alamo, you know, Turducken bowl or whatever and, and call it a day. Like obviously everyone's gonna want a chance at the playoff if they can. So that, that was never a question to me. Um the Alamo Turducken. My favorite's the San Diego <laughs> County. The San Diego County San Diego County Credit Union point setable. Yeah, this there. well that's the thing with the sponsorships these days. The, the poll games have gotten ridiculous. There's like three sponsors in the in one title a lot of times now. It's just it, it's, ironic, it's just ridiculous. But ironically enough, it's it, it, you know, first of all, this this twelve boat this twelve 12 team system is going to keep a lot of these high quality players around for these bowl games. It's another chance to showcase X, Y, Z, that kind of stuff. But Which even has the smaller been a big bowls, complaint about in recent years is that Christian the McCaffrey, top players Leonard don't Fournette. show up. And that, and I think that's a big reason why a lot of these bowls have had to go to multiple sponsors because oh, they don't sure. have just one sponsor who's willing to put, you know, willing to ante up for this for if they're not even going to get the top players on the team. Dude, Fenway's hosting the Wasabi Bowl. Just putting yeah, that out there, which, which really doesn't make any sense at all. It just does not go together. But whatever. I, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think I think that's like the if BC gets six wins, they automatically go. Uh, yeah, which but, is not going to happen ever. So <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Um, we were just talking about bowl games. We were just talking about, oh, college football and more college football news since that's what everybody tunes into divots and pivots for is their, your college football no scuttlebutt. But this is bigger than college football. Uh, this is actually a subtle pivot because this dude was on Barstool for a while. Barstool Sports has a bowl game this year. I mean, like. Oh, I didn't know that. They had this yeah, Barstool one. Yeah, there's a Barstool bowl. Um, nice. One of, my, one, of my, one of my former campers, Jake Marsh, I referenced him on the show. He's on part 43 Marte. minutes. Scratch it off your bingo there card. It is. <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's uh, he's on part of my take, and he's a great blogger over at Barstool. Yeah. He's a funny read. He's got a dry wit, but he's also a very buttoned up kind of uh, play by play announcer. He used to do it for Vermont uh, University of Vermont okay. and uh, basketball. He went to Syracuse. He was there play by play, like on the student radio network. So it's one of those things where, like, I, I'm I'm super big fan of his. I think he's gonna have a cool career to watch because one day, uh, whether Barstool evolves or whatever goes on there. Or he does. Like I could see him being, you know, Al Michaels in 35 years doing yeah, whatever yeah. football game is big. So shouts to my boy Jake. Um, but that's funny. How- I, wonder, I, I have a friend that I wonder if I wonder if they know each other who I think also went to Syracuse, probably roughly around the same age. Then if he was a camper of yours, um, who I, grew, I grew up next to, who also who went, who does a lot of play by play. Um, for like national lacrosse on ESPN and like uh, stuff like that, it works I for draft works for DraftKings as well. He they might know each other for all I know. <laughs> Jake, Jake does play by play for the uh, professional lacrosse league or national. You lacrosse know league, they they one hundred percent know each other then. And because and because of this show's massive following, they're probably listening right now, being like, "Oh, those chuckleheads." The Let's point I was say, trying I, to I make. asked my friend to come on, and he said no. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. He did not. I didn't even ask him. But <laughs> the bigger point I was trying to make is former, and I don't know if he still does stuff with him, but Deion Sanders making, yes, making a big, making big moves. Did you hear or see or read his comments to the team? Who Colorado, by the way, when I was a kid, when I was a young buck, and this is before your time. Um, <laughs> by the way, I just kind of looked down and found out those text messages from earlier. I, I forgot that I was cleaning up earlier, and I left my daughter's bubble machine visible like out on the shelf as I was like moving oh, no. things around. 
Yeah, so when mom went to go put the kid yeah. down, bubbles. Bubbles. So I finally did. I finally glanced at that, and she, and and, and it just said, um, "We're gonna chat about the bubble machine that was placed in direct line of sight of bedtime routine." <laughs> and it, I love the tone of that text message so much. And uh, and, just... and it was full. <laughs> dot dot dot. It's not full anymore. So uh, that that's text a fun message right there just sums up marriage. Right, right there, it's perfect. <laughs> so when I was a young buck, Colorado was a big thing, man. I remember I used to actually have a, a UC Boulder T-shirt that I wore till oh, there was okay. holes in it, just because I had I kind of had an obsession with uh, the idea of going out to Colorado. That was, okay. It was right around the time Cordell Stewart had just beat Michigan on the Hail Mary play, so sure, yeah, they yeah. were hot coming off a national title. And that's the point. Thirty years ago, they won the national title, and I think it's Dion walked in. And did you see the comments? No, you said did not. You didn't. But I didn't see what he said. All, all I, all the only thing I saw, other than the fact that he's now the coach, there is um, the amount of recruits and five star recruits that are all of a sudden looking at Colorado. So this is two things happen, or a couple things happen. A, and this is in no particular order. He did basically say, you know, his son, who's the starting quarterback at Jackson State, yeah. is going to be the. He did he's coming with him, and yeah, <laughs> he, he did say he's going to have to earn it. But the way he addressed that team, because I mean, they were they were awful, two and ten or whatever it was. Yeah. And he he was basically like, you know, you're the stuff that the fans have had to put up with this. It was great. He said, "I'm bringing luggage, and it's Louie. So go ahead and hop in the transfer portal or do what you got to do." Because things are going to change, and I just thought that is tough. Well, but you know he, what? He he can say that because he, like I said, he they knows. They were two and ten. They were two and ten. But and like I said, he knows anybody who leaves there. He's gonna he's he's bringing recruits with him too. And it's before and it's before I'm national signing day. It's before national signing day, which means guys are now gonna have, like they're gonna change their mind, like mm-hmm. because. The, he's got some big name recruits looking to Colorado of a son. So I and I don't and I think he said that knowing that he can comfortably be like, I'm going to be able to fill the team no matter what, and it's still going to be better than two and ten. Well, and he was trying to make a couple of points. A, he was he did open that. And I missed. I I, I I forgot the opening part where he said, "I'm bring." You know, we already got a lot of positions spoken for because I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louie. And I thought. Yeah. That's daggers. Um, yeah. But he was also trying to say, being up front, he said, so go ahead and get in the portal, do what you got to do, because the sooner you get in there, the more opportunity you're going to have. He goes, because I'm, I'm bringing a lot of dudes that are smart and tough, and that's it. So they say it with me, smart and tough, and he like led them yeah. to the chant. And I, and I do believe, and I do believe, Dion is one of those, um, you know, veteran professionals that does, even if it's not for him, have the good of these young men like the young men's future in, in heart. Like the foot. So like, it doesn't surprise me that he would say, you're going to have, if, if this is, if you don't like the way this is going to happen here, do it and like move on now so that you can have the opportunity. Like I, I fully believe he meant that genuinely. Like, I think he, he says, yeah. Like if you think you can do it somewhere, go for it. Cause I want you to have the opportunity you college, want to have. Yeah. College football is a business and that's all it is. I mean, yeah. it, they are student athletes. And when I say that, I mean, education and opportunity are part of the packages they are paid. And now with NIL deals, um, yes. Coach Prime coming in. I mean, they're, they're, he's putting his entire brand on the line. I mean, D1 football, we joke about – I joke – we I joke about the – everybody jokes about the Pac-12. And, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a Power 5 conference in Division One football, oh. and which means, especially like I alluded to, the, 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 the playoff going to 12 teams in two years, he's sitting there talk, thinking to himself, like, this could be us. We could be playing for a national title in two years because mm-hmm. it's not too big of a leap if you can finish, you know yeah. – 
top of your division in the Pac-12, you got a shot, which means going 10 and tw- 10 and 2, 9 and 3 in some places might be good enough if those three losses are quality losses. So I love the, I love the swagger and the honesty, but like you said, no, I don't I don't I don't doubt I don't doubt his sincerity, but taking three steps back, he is putting his entire brand mm-hmm. on the line and doing it for his son, which I think pushed up the timeline. His son if his son wasn't part of part of the equation, I don't think he would have been down at Jackson State for much longer, but I don't think it would have been uh, Colorado. I think it would have been a a bigger splash. Yeah, exactly. He would have waited it out for something bigger. Yeah, because he is carrying a lot of collateral capital, a network, a whole thing uh, that if it doesn't work out, you know, what happens, I can see a headline, you know, a couple years like primetime runs out and that kind of shit. Yeah. Because if he falls flat on his face, I think within, you know, he – the way he's talking about the players that he's bringing in and the way that the transfer transfer portal, I think that they're going to be expecting nothing less than a Pac-12 title in the next two years. Like they're going to say, we want the Rose Bowl, if not at least a playoff. And that won't even be good enough. I, you know, they're going to, I mean, it's just too high profile of a move. Hey, by the way, yeah. welcome to the SEC, Brian Kelly. Did you see the dogs? <laughs> did you see the dogs go for two? When they were up no, forty eight, I, I, I didn't see any uh, any college football this past weekend. <laughs> Honestly, I so I my whole weekend was pretty much my kids and moving. Uh, I didn't even watch a single NFL game this weekend. Like, I would, how, how are the children's? Uh, they keep they they keep us busy, but they're good. They're good. Tomorrow night will be the first night that they stay here at the at daddy's new place. So uh, the rest of my night after this show will be setting up their room because you know i also have a full-time job as i'm trying to move in and settle in so <laughs> the world continues to spin and and they give us purpose so yes, um, they do. which is exactly why primetime might have jumped a little sooner because he's like listen i got my boys got two years left of eligibility here's an opportunity to get them on a bigger stage in front of more eyes uh you know and if he can earn it and do it right then this is a step for him so uh, I do think he's doing it for all the right reasons. I just think it's going to be fun as shit to watch because he can walk with that kind of swag. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, the numbers, he's always been able to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a rip off Dan Patrick shocker uh, or or even Polly Paps, the executive producer over there. You know, the, the number 21 still carries weight in football because of him. Yes. You know, the guys, you know, 12 year old boys out at Pop Warner are high stepping into the end zone because they watch YouTube videos of him mm-hmm. when he was on the Falcons and he was on the 49ers and the Cowboys. Um, I mean, geez, his days at Florida State. I grew up in Tallahassee. The guy is still a legend. And, mm-hmm. and so he can walk in there and say, like, I've been there, done that, got the receipts, check me out, you know, ask about yep. me. So if I ask you to leave, just do it sooner than later. Otherwise, this is what's expected of you. I It will be fun, and somebody with more time on their hands and more purpose behind it will probably be able to find out and tell us who left uh, or like what percentage of players stayed. I think you yeah. nailed it right off the rip, though. What what's more, 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 more? What's more fun <laughs> or more interesting to keep an eye on is that transfer portal. Yeah. And it, something else I saw. Speaking of this transfer portal, because the NIL deals, name, image, and likeness, the fact that these kids can now sign sponsorship deals, you yeah. have to have absolutely. There's, there's. I mean, I mean, in theory, Elon Musk could say, "Hey, kid, you want to be a Tesla spokesperson? Here's a." million dollars a year and it's just like what because i mean there are local car dealerships are signing these folks i just saw one i just saw an ncaa gymnast because Paige sporanic was was a big time golf the og instagram golf girl page she was talking she was sticking up for this young lady live done 
who is, I guess, a gymnast at LSU and an Instagram, you know, star influencer who just yeah, signed like $2 million you, a year. I think you've over. mentioned her before, actually. So I, I did because I saw the deal and I was like, damn, good for you. You know, these college yeah. athletes, she's a gymnast, you know, I mean, she's a, she's a cute young lady. So obviously there's a reason why they signed her to this. Sure, I just saw sure. her national television though. And that's what made me think like, oh my God, like she was on, she was, she was on FS1 at a sport, at like a, at like a, a commercial break. It was a makeup uh, commercial, which really didn't fit. The program, but then again, they've got experts doing their demo better than I do. Yeah. But it's just a whole new world for these kids, and especially with college football now and the transfer portal, where they can go from A to B from this year to that next year without having to sit out anymore. Um, or even if you do have to sit out, all right, we've got an alumni who owns a car dealership down there. You're going to do three commercials for them, and in exchange, we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars and the keys to this car. That's what we were going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just now legal and out in the open. So, and what's interesting as well is, you know, obviously, Sophia, for the guys, from just from a football standpoint, for the guys who were going to be top tier no matter what and get an NFL contract, you know, a, a, you know, a first round NFL contract no matter what, it's not going to really change anything other than their their wallets. But I am curious to see as this kind of finds its place in the world of these all these NIL deals, if those second and third tier college guys who uh, you know, for two, maybe three years in college were making money on sponsorships or whatever as they've been playing, you know, something that does play into in the sports world and the marketing world is that, you know, the, the quote-unquote, the Q score, you know, their marketability score. Like, does that start to play an effect into their contracts in the NFL? Because now all of a sudden these these college guys have a leverage of like, look, I'm bringing – my name, image, and likeness with me. Like, like you're not just signing a third round guy now. You're signing a third round guy who has sponsorship deals already. Like, it, I, I, I'd be curious to see if in the next couple of years, all of a sudden, we start seeing contracts rise higher than the typical inflation of NFL contracts rise. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? It does. And the salary cap and the money that's spent in the NFL, I think, largely is controlled by the TV contracts to be like, course, to, to, yeah. to, to, so, so how big they can get. Uh, I don't know, but as far as how they start getting allocated, to your point, would could we see like a could we see a, a lineman coming in and breaking the bank and breaking all the rules? Because it's yeah. like some NFL teams, like you know what? Because Gronk's a great example, you know, handcuffed with a tight end tight end salary schedule because that was the title of the position that he played. But everybody knows that the role that he filled for the organization, especially as a revenue generator, was monumentally greater. And so the, I do think that. You'll see, and that's where you want to keep your eyes. The next round of collective bargaining agreements. How does social media influence, like you said, maybe a Q score? That was already getting uh, factored in. And I would love to know how. Again, somebody smarter than me, but the sports agents—that's their whole industry, right? Is to yeah. is to have that information at their hands for these young individuals. Tiger Woods, when he said the words "Hello World" at the Milwaukee Open, um, I think either right before or right after that, he made a hundred million dollars with the stroke of a pen. <laughs> and well, and it was because these deals were lined up. Everybody knew yeah. it was coming. Everybody, you know, I don't think anybody knew what was actually coming. It's like him and LeBron are the only two. That, and maybe Bryce Harper, the, the stories, the sun hasn't set on Bryce Harper because don't, don't, don't sleep on two MVPs. He might get that world series. But from 15 years old until now, he's another one of those stories where I think he's got to get a ring or two and then we can put him up there. But as far as like predicting it and getting it out there, Tiger was something like we had never seen before. So these kids now are going to be that is going to be it. It's not just you're getting me anymore. It's not the it's not necessarily the brands that I bring with me. It's the followers. 
I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Joe, I'm Joe shit, the rag man. I'm six, seven, three fifty. Sure. I can pancake block anybody, but I also have a million followers on Twitter. Cause I do stand up comedy on the side. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be. Well, exactly. There's, there's now all of a sudden these, these players, personalities are much more versatile and, and much more valuable and, and, you know, lever, you know, leverage is leverageable, leverageable. Worthy yeah, of le- I don't know. That's accurate. You yeah, know what le- I'm trying to say. Is a, is leverageable a is a word. It sounds weird. It's awkward. That's yeah, a it's weird a word. word. Okay. Leverageable. Like they, but they can leverage themselves a lot easier. I think uh, when it comes to contract negotiations of all the the nitty gritty stuff that we don't hear about in the news because all we ever hear about is the bottom line. This is what they're making per year over this many years. Uh, but we don't ever, at least I don't usually ever stop to think about everything else that goes into the value of that of that dollar for that franchise real quick before we wrap up Aaron Rodgers, love or hate his comments about Chicago. I hate everything he does. So, Hey, I didn't even hear them. I hate everything he does. So <laughs> you did, you did. And I actually, I, I, I did not I do, do I did not do any game. NFL this weekend. So, because I didn't even do my NFL show on Sunday morning because I got a frick. I blew my tire on the highway headed home from dropping the kids off. And uh, so I missed the show because I was on the side of the road changing my freaking tire. All right, let's see here. What did he say? How's it? It's truly been a second home to me. Oh, actually, I did. I did hear that because he he also went on to say something. You never know when it's going to be your last your last time, right? Something along those lines. I think I think he mentioned something about you never know when it's going to be your last time playing somewhere, which was people were then taken. Is he, is he retiring or does he plan on moving on to like an AFC team? And he doesn't think he's going to play in Chicago again. Like it opened. I I do remember hearing stuff around those comments. Doesn't he have like fifty mil guaranteed next year? He's not going anywhere. Well, that's what's that's why it's all interesting. Because he he could also he's the type of guy though who could just be so fed up that he says fuck it because <laughs> that's just him he's a piece of shit. Wow, did I just say that? Yes, I did. Fuck it. Uh... <laughs> They've got great fans here in Chicago. It's truly been a second home to me. Like, yeah. oh, that's a dagger to anybody in wearing Green Bay colors. That's yeah. just they. How do you? That's fucking brutal. Brady could have said that about like the like the city of Buffalo, right? Like Bills Mafia, great. Always a yeah, wonderful love them. They're such great fans. <laughs> I love oh. what they do to the tables. Just oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Are the pats salvageable? I know you said this no. two weeks ago. You already no. sold. Uh, no, it was Thursday night. It was fucking brutal to watch. Mac Jones is kind of a nut job, eh? Matt, well, in, so here's the thing. I don't blame him for being in the job because he's in such a shitty situation this year. But I also don't. And, and I'm not going to say I don't know. I am un, unsure of what he is at this point because we saw him do good for the majority of the year, but not the entire year last year in his first year, but you could chalk that up to his first year. And then right. this year, the whole situation with the offense and the coaching staff and everything has just been such an absolute disaster that I can't really blame him for it or his reaction to certain situations because I can't say that I would do anything different. If I was hit, if I was in his position, so I, I I think he feels like he's some he's part of somebody's experiment, and I almost want to be like, yes. dude, welcome, welcome, welcome to playing for Bill Belichick. 
ain't that the truth? All right. Well, listen. I've got to. I've got to go. I've got to go pay up on this. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, bubble, on Bubblegate. I'll, I'll answer I'll, for your bubbles. Answer for your bubbles. And look, all of you guys, you can catch us every Tuesday. Next Tuesday again here, eight o'clock on YouTube. Uh, Piper Golf. Malabros.com. Use discount code DIVPIV, D-I-V-P-I-V, for your discount code on any and all of their products. So go check it out. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Bud Copeland, I apologize for my co-host. Absolute um, disgrace with the bubble machine. So everybody have a good night. We will see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.